into the contest. It's Friday the 7th of October. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Shana, it's great to be back, mate. I've missed you uh, uh, the past few days and well, you've been a little bit crook, but you're back Bright as a button today. Bright as a button today, mate. Now, how was your break with the kids, mate? All good? Yeah, good. Yeah, chasing around. Joe and I had a little hit of golf, and Joe and I got nice. out to dinner. So, no, no, it has been good. And um, all back to school on Monday and Tuesday. They um, are all yours back next week? They're not back till Tuesday. So they always get to give them an extra day just to really wind us up at the end of school holidays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. It is Friday. That means we'll be talking cricket, NRL, and we'll have a chat about the AFL with Luca Muller plus plenty more. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Whether it's for early morning coffee and pastries, long business lunches or post-work cocktails, head to District Brasserie in Sydney CBD. With a modern Australian menu created to hero locally sourced produce and a unique offering of charred meats cooked on a custom-built charcoal oven. Situated on the ground floor of Chifley Tower, District Brasserie is open from 6.30am Monday to Friday for breakfast, lunch and dinner. District Brasserie, sophisticated yet casual. Look, there's a whole heap of cricket happening at the moment. Uh, all eyes, or many eyes, have been on Tim Payne's return. And look, he failed with the bat. It was look, it's he's got excuses. It was a pretty misty, sort of cloudy day. Um, uh, this won't be his last opportunity to get it right. No, but at 37, look, he hasn't played for almost 12 months, and um, he's not getting any younger. But he he walked the crease at five for. I think it was 55 and departed at 6 for 74. Um, some real low scores around the country. New South Wales going down to Western mm. Australia, losing by eight wickets. Um, yeah, New South Wales scoring 180 and 162. Tasmania got a really good score, 258. And we mentioned this week that Teague Wiley, one of the youngest players, well, the youngest player since Ricky Ponging to score yeah. 100, um, is a really, really good talent. But yeah, WA winning by eight wickets. Will Pekoski scored a duck. Um, for the Vicks, but it was Will Sutherland um, who made his maiden yeah. 100. Uh, he's only 22 years of age. He was a Bradman medalist last year. Um, he'd never passed 50. Is he the son of? He's the son of, yes. Um, son of James. James yeah. Sutherland. And the brother of um, his sister Annabelle Place of Victoria. And, and what a week they've had. So Will got his first 100, never passed 50 in 21 games and got his 100 off 166 balls. But his sister... Scored two one-day hundreds for Victoria last week and a 68. And she scored 319 runs in the past four innings. So the Sutherlands are on fire. Fairly talented gene pool. Of course, James himself was a yep. head of Cricket Australia for a long time, played for Victoria. Now, talk about talent. Nick Kyrgios, he's had some kind of 2022, and he's even stunning himself um, with the way he's playing. Well, he's stunning himself now. He, I think he used to uh, abuse his standards faster than he could lower them, but he's, he's, he's now um, shocking himself, and he played this unbelievable shot. He was sort of right off the court in a doubles match and hit the ball in between the umpire's chair and around the net. 
um, to hit the winner. And, um, yeah, that's the sort of stuff that, that really turns him on, I think. And um, he was jumping around celebrating his own successes there. He's hard to watch, though. He's so good, but he's hard to watch. I hope he does win a Grand Slam sometime soon. Hopefully the Australian Open, which, of course, is only a few months away. Now, Rugby League, all eyes on the World Cup. Uh, and after Cameron Munster re-signed with Melbourne, that was mm-hmm. big news, of course, this morning. But um, interesting, he'll be wearing uh, the number seven jersey. They're, they're going to odd numbers. They are. It'll, it'll be in this, the, the, the number that you've been selected in the squad. So Tedesco, mm. even though he's fullback, he will wear the number one, but it's that's because he's captain not because he's fullback so Munster will wear the seven Cleary won't um so it's yes it's to do where you're picked in the World Cup squad it was exactly the same when we played the 99 World Cup there we were given a number not based on your batting order but based where you were selected in that squad um and uh and the good news is too mate we've got Robbie Farah who's going to be over there reporting for the afternoon sports group um this week on behalf of Barclay Pierce Capital um he's as we know he's coaching the Lebanese team but but he'll be he'll be in camp and giving us some real good intel during the Rugby League World Cup, which will be fantastic. Yeah, he's part of Michael Checker's team with the Lebanese side. They, they look yep. they look relatively strong. Obviously, teams like Lebanon aren't going to win the World Cup, mm. but you look at some of these other teams. Look at Tonga the other day; they look really good too. So we look forward to the World Cup. Up next, it is all the AFL, the EPL, the UFC. It is Luca Muller. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. It's Friday. It is time to get to Melbourne comedian Luca Muller. Luca, there's a stacker sport about, and uh, and and you've got such a lovely range of interest from UFC to AFL to Premier League. Let's start with the UFC because there's, there's real big news there. Yeah, yeah. No fights uh, happening this weekend. There's a bit of a quiet period in the UFC in the lead up to uh, UFC 280, which is on October 22. But um, yeah, big news from uh, Hamzat Chamayev, who's in the news for all the wrong reasons, to be honest. Um, so he was traveling back to Russia, where he's originally from, uh, to corner a teammate in a fight this weekend. And he's had his passport seized by the Russian government. Um, there's been some pretty weird, shady reporting going on. At first, it was reported that maybe it was to do with um, sort of like a conscription type issue, that because he'd re-entered the country for the first time in a while, they were trying to send him off to the conflict in Ukraine. And then it was reported that maybe they'd taken his passport because he has these links um, to this sort of Chechnyan 
dictator slash organized crime figure slash fight promoter of all things. What a trio of things to be. Um, called mm. Ramzan Kadyrov, uh, who people that he's linked to have had trouble traveling and moving around in the past. And now his manager's come out and has said that it didn't happen at all and that he had his, has his passport and that he's free to leave whenever he likes. Um, so hard to know what the truth is, but definitely not good news coming out of the uh, Kamzat Chemayev camp there. It'd be interesting to see if this impacts his uh, ability to travel around and, yeah, if he can make fights. And it, it, it'll be interesting to see if it has an impact on UFC 280 as well, which is up, upcoming, like I said, because that's headlined by uh, another Russian fighter, Islam Makachev, who also has ties to this Kadyrov fella. Uh, but that fight's taking place in Abu Dhabi, and now there's these rumours floating around that that's why the fight's in Abu Dhabi, because they're a bit more lax with their sort of border stuff for these uh, crime figures and everything. So, yeah, pretty uh, pretty spicy stuff, isn't it? You'd have to be very, very scared to uh, order room service, wouldn't you, when you go back there? <laughs> <laughs> Poison? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just makes Chimaev uh, even more <laughs> intimidating of a figure for his next opponent, doesn't it? It's like, yep, he's undefeated in the UFC, yeah. he's got 10 finishes in a row, <laughs> and also he's linked to a, <laughs> a Russian mafia. So, yeah, intimidating. Right, no, wow. <laughs> Um, the AFL trade, what's happening at the moment? There's plenty of stuff happening by the looks of things. Yeah, so busy, busy in the AFL trade world, as always. Um, looks like this Brody Grundy from Collingwood to Melbourne deal is getting closer and closer to being done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like some bad blood is showing up between Grundy and uh, his soon-to-be former club, Collingwood, there. Um, he's said openly that he's willing to take a pay cut to go over to Melbourne. That's how much he wants to be out of his current deal. And it sort of wow. looks like uh, the Pies had to choose a little bit between him and Jordan Dugowie. Obviously, they offered Dugowie the five year contract a couple of weeks ago so they seem to have made their choice there um, it's also pretty interesting it seems like Max Gorn the Melbourne Ruckman and captain is the one that's sort of the driving force behind this uh, this move from a Melbourne point of view apparently so yeah sort of one time Ruck rivals used to compete for who was the best Ruckman mm. in the competition soon to be Ruck duo by the looks of it um, plenty happening out of Frio as well I don't know what the vibe is over there but players seem to be on their knees begging to be released um, Rory Lobb is having trouble getting out of his contract but he seems very very unhappy interesting to see if he ends up anywhere and then of course just uh, a couple of days ago Darcy Tucker and Griffin Logue have left Frio and uh, joined the Kangaroos Griffin Logue interestingly said uh, specifically that the reason he wanted to join the Roos is because he'd had a conversation with Alistair Clarkson soon to be coach maybe mm. asterisk uh, and that the idea of Clarkson was what made him want to leave Frio so will that still happen hard to say really uh, and it looks like the Jason Horn Francis from north to Port Adelaide move is getting closer and closer as well. Uh, so I'd expect that to be announced probably within the next uh, few days. I can't remember a time where there's been as many shit fights at as many clubs, really, when you think <laughs> about it. You think of the, the, the splashback that's happening at Hawthorne. You think of what's happening at North Melbourne as a product of that. You think of what's mm. happening at Brisbane as a product of what happened at Hawthorne. And then Essendon, holy smoke. I mean, their CEO, how long? Yeah. He, did, he barely got his pens on the desk. <laughs> yeah, less than 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, pretty tumultuous time. It's interesting. Yeah, normally you might have one club in crisis and they mm. get all the attention and everything. But yeah, like you say, there's three or four teams who are just, uh, I don't know, circling the drain a little bit. Um, Going to be very excited to see how it all unshakes. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like you said, shit fight, splashback. It sounds like Shane's week to me. 
<laughs> yeah, it's been a little bit crook. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've come good, boys, anyway. Moving on to the, to the EPL, what's happening there? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure you talked about it earlier in the week already, but you can never revisit him too many times. Erling Haaland, just absolutely on fire. Mm. It's important to get a proper look at just how good he's playing right now. Um, so in just 14 go- eight games, sorry, in the EPL, he's scored 14 goals, including three back-to-back-to-back uh, home hat-tricks in his last three home games for Man City. He's the fastest ever Premier League player to reach three hat-tricks, getting there into state games. Previous quickest was Michael Owen, who got there in 48 games. So it's a pretty, oh, well. <laughs> pretty big difference. And it's the sort of thing where... He's very much a generational talent. Some people, maybe if you're not super into soccer, football, um, and you feel like maybe you missed out on seeing the players like Messi or Ronaldo or mm. Brazilian Ronaldo when they were sort of at their peak, now's the time to tune in and watch Erling Haaland because he's super young, he's only 22, and no, you never really know if this sort of form is going to go on forever. It would be pretty unbelievable if it did. And yeah. is the form going to drop off? Is he, is he going to get an injury? It's hard to say. So that's why now's the time to try and tune in and watch him when there's no ceiling, it's just all imagination is um, super, super exciting and fun player to watch right now, old Erling Haaland. Yeah, absolutely. Just sensational. And look, we were here a few weeks ago saying, what happens now to Leicester? Well, they've turned the corner, Luca. Yeah, they have. They have. It looked like Brendan Rodgers was wobbling his way out the door just about, but uh, they managed to have just gotten it right. And I think he's held on to his job for a couple more months at least. Um, they're riding high on the back of the form of uh, James Madison, this sort of attacking midfielder, who seems to be a man possessed. He's playing for that spot for England, isn't he? He is. Really? He really is. And you can mm. see it. Um, yeah, he's been left out of the last couple of uh, England international squads he seems very very keen to get into the squad so he's carrying that team on his back and he's another one super exciting to watch uh when he's on fire very attacking very uh very creative player so it's good to see Leicester um sort of getting the ship straightened out there uh and plenty of other good games this weekend as well third place Spurs play fourth place Brighton both of whom have sort of exceeded expectations a bit so far this season but Spurs got their pants pulled down a little bit by Arsenal this week um and if they lose to Brighton they'll sort of be very much on the skin and then he got first place Arsenal. <laughs> did, you, did you just hear what you just said then? <laughs> they, they got their pulls pants put their pants pulled down by Arsenal when they're on the skid. Like, back to you. <laughs> so there's an underlying theme in today's show. I didn't realise. Oh, <laughs> it's deep set. Get out of the toilet. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what we can do this one. Arsenal versus Liverpool. Any puns there? Any? <laughs> sprinkle in. <laughs> oh, I love it. And then evident, of course, evident against Man U. That'll be a good one. Oh, the Reds. The Reds. <laughs> yeah, Everton's another one who sort of seemed to have pulled their seasons together a little bit. Uh, they finally found their feet under the coach uh, Frank Lampard after it looked like a few times he was pretty close to being shown the door as well. They're still not scoring a lot of goals, but they've locked mm. down their defence. They're the best defence in the Premier League right now. They've only conceded seven goals all season, which is only one more than Man United conceded in their last game. Um, so, interesting to see what happens there. Man United... Very up and down. Everton seemed to have nailed it down pretty solid at the moment. So, yeah, good games in the EPL. A lot of pulling, pantsing and shitting in that, in that review, wasn't there? <laughs> we got through all that without a suppository. Good on you, Luke. Beautiful stuff, boys. Thanks, mate. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you goes out to Luca Muller today. Thanks to our sponsors, Shona. Fantastic sponsors, Barclay, Pierce Capital. They're only a phone call away. And, of course... Big thank you to our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back next week with your daddy dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. 
Join us for our afternoon sport racing bulletin brought to you by Bluebet. What I'm backing and why. Tim Gilbert is joined by racing journalist Matt Jones and professional punter Brad Miller discussing which horses they'll be betting on this weekend and why. Catch the show Friday afternoons ready for your weekend of punting. Subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast app. What I'm backing and why. Happy punting.